If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited about today's episode as I am joined by TV host and host of Stadium Eats, Jackie Powell. Jackie talks about marrying her love of food and sports, creating her own lane, favorite stadium experiences, and more. We also have a very special edition of Five Fun Facts. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and enjoy. Jackie, thank you so much for joining me today for Get My Job. I have been so excited to talk to you. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that we finally put something on the calendar and I've been wanting to chat with you for a while. So thank you for having me. So let's jump right in and talk about your professional journey, how you married two of the greatest things ever, food and sports, and how you got to where you are now with Stadium Eats. Yeah. So um, about 12 years ago, when I moved to Los Angeles, I came out here to pursue um, a career in entertainment news. Mm -hmm. So I started off with that first, um, doing a lot of celebrity interviews and just talking about, you know, all the exciting things that were happening in the in the entertainment industry. And then after about five to six years, I realized that it just wasn't what I was passionate about anymore. And um, I stopped kind of just loving that world. And I, I took a step back and, you know, kind of asked myself, what was I passionate about? What was something that I really wanted to get involved into? So um, taking that time to myself, I realized that I really wanted to travel and see the world. And one way to do that was through food locally, because, you know, back then or still traveling could be very expensive. And I, you know, I had quit my entertainment job. So I was like, ah, I need to do this on a budget. (laughs) So um, I started um, doing that through food locally and I just really fell in love with it. And I started documenting food stuff and everything happened organically after that. Um, a lot of people called me up and, um, wanted to bring me on to do these food shows. And that's kind of how stadium eats came to be three years ago. Um, I started working for this company called delish where they do a lot of food type shows. And, um, when they hired me on, they were like, Hey, pitch us some, you know, shows. And I was like, okay. So I was sitting there and I was coming up with show concepts and I was thinking about things that I really enjoy doing. And one of those things is going to a stadium and watching a game. So I was like, if I can go around, you know, the United States and go to these stadiums while showcasing food, 
uh, that would be my dream job. So I pitched them that show and they were like, we love it. Let's do it. I was like, no way. (laughs) um, That's kind of how that came to be. And um, now I have the show Stadium Eats where I get to travel around and eat food and check out some of the coolest stadiums. Bet online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through to the Final Four and the championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use your promo code believe B L E A V to receive your bonus. Betonline.ag where the game starts. So what would you say thus far has been the most unusual stadium food experience you've had? Ah, unusual. Well, it's actually funny that you asked that because the the last um, episode that I recently filmed was at Coors Field, which is in Denver, Colorado. And Denver, Colorado has this delicacy. It's called Rocky Mountain Oysters. Do you know what that is? I do not. I am allergic to oysters and I love them, but I'm allergic to them, but I do not know what Rocky Mountain Oysters are. Okay. Well, these are oysters that you won't be allergic to because they're not in fact, oysters, they're actually bull testicles. I mean, I might, I might just be allergic to the idea of it, but (laughs) (laughs) very true. Very true. But yeah, it was hilarious. So when my team was kind of producing and putting together, you know, our shot list, they were like, Hey Jackie, um, Denver, Colorado is known for Rocky mountain oysters. Are you down to try them? And like you, I was like, Oh yeah, oysters. Okay, sure. Why not? And they were like, no, no, Jackie, I don't think you understand. They're, they're bull testicles. I was like, what? I was like, well, you know what? I always said in my career, I'll try something at least once. And um, I just think it's so funny because, you know, going to a baseball game, you would never expect to be able to ha- like purchase bull testicles. Right. And there <laughs> it is. Um, and, you know, funny enough, they actually were pretty tasty. They were good. They weren't bad. And now I get to say that I've I've tried them in my lifetime. That's really very funny. That was really the last thing. I thought you were going to say. Okay, so that's <laughs> that's fascinating. Another stadium question is so I'm a huge Dodger fan and okay. I go to Dodger Stadium a lot during baseball season and I've never been to their speakeasy, but I know they have a speakeasy there. What is a stadium that you've been to that has kind of an unusual setting for food or otherwise that you've really took a liking to? Yeah. Um, what I love the most about this series and what I found out is every stadium has something special, which I think is really cool. Every stadium you go to, they have something that is unexpected and different from another stadium. Um, but what I really enjoyed about city field, um, stadium or yeah, city field was that I love the dining experience as a foodie, just in general, I love going to restaurants and eating. And most stadiums do have those settings where you can actually go into a restaurant and eat. Uh, but you watch the game, you know, on television. And the last thing I want to do when I'm at a game is leave the actual game and go watch it on a screen. I could do that at home. So I love that City Field married the two. They actually have a restaurant that's outside on the field. It's kind of like on a balcony where you get 
service as if you're at an actual restaurant, but you're right there watching the game, which I thought was so cool. I was like, wow, I can have a dining experience and, you know, eat like I'm eating at a restaurant while I'm watching the game. I just thought that was so cool and unique, especially for someone that like me that loves to go out to eat. That is great. That's awesome. Cause you're right. Cause sometimes when you're indoors, you're like, well, I'm here. So I don't really want to be inside watching the game because I'm here. So that's a very cool uh, part of the stadium that they have there. I will definitely have to have to check that out at some point. Um, Let's talk a little bit about you created really a niche for yourself and and you've married two things that you're passionate about and that you enjoy. Can you talk a little bit about getting started in, in that kind of world and perhaps a criticism that you received early on could have been constructive, could have not been constructive, but kind of help how it helped to shape your career journey. Yeah, that's such a good question. I think early in my career, I got a I I started off, you know, working on like YouTube in the entertainment industry. So there's a lot of people that could leave comments. And that's the one thing they say not to do is don't read comments, but <laughs> I did. And a lot of people were like, oh, she's so loud. She's so obnoxious. She's crazy, which are all true. Um, Those are all true things. And it would really bother me and really get to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, do people think I'm annoying? Like, am I doing too much? And so when I would read those the next day on set, I would tailor myself to be a little bit more relaxed or to not get excited about certain things that I would normally get excited about and really hold back. And over time, I I realized that really stifled me. I was like, okay, you know, what they're saying is true. And maybe I'm not for everybody, but I, I love myself and I love being crazy and I love being obnoxious. And there is going to be a lane for me. So as soon as I kind of had that like inner battle with myself and just decided to ignore what people said. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be me. And that is crazy. That is obnoxious and a little loud, but I'm not going to be for everybody. And that's totally okay. And what I also had to do was um, do a little research and, you know, see other hosts that had been successful in their careers. And, and I found people that were just like me who had personalities like me. I'm like, Oh wow. Like, Someone at that network thought they were funny, thought they were cool, and thought their loud personality was perfect. So they can do it. So can I. And I think that was the best decision that I made um, going forward to not take what everybody else says. And again, you're not going to be for everybody. And that's totally okay. It is really okay. And when you talk about creating your own lane and finding your niche. I mean, we live in a world now where you can do that. And we talk a lot about Mm -hmm. on this podcast, we talk about authenticity and being yourself and there's only one you. And I know that some of that stuff is their buzzwords, but it doesn't make them untrue. And it's important to, to remember it all. And, you know, I think even going through the research at finding people like you, obviously there's only one Jackie Powell, but you're finding people in a similar genre, I guess, a similar niche as you and saying, okay, I can do this. And that probably was helpful just in a confidence sense. Yeah, no, definitely. I couldn't agree more. I think we, especially now, like you said, we are in a place where we can create our own lanes and it's, it's such a lie to say that you have to conform to something. Um, and there will be an opportunity for you and people will love you just for who you are. And I think that's the beauty in it. And people read into 
you being authentic. If you try to be anything else, people see right through that, you know? I agree with that. So kind of with that in mind, is there a misstep that you're seeing women or even just young creators making as they're trying to break into the sports and and entertainment industry? I think the the mistake that people make is going in with a certain kind of mindset. Um, I think, you know, because especially women going into the sports industry, I think it's easy to say sometimes like, oh, it's been like this for so many years. It won't ever change or I'll never be able to achieve this because of this. I think changing that perspective and just knowing that you could be that one person that can shift it, or you could be that one person that does change it. And if it doesn't change, you have everything within yourself to create your own lane and do it yourself. Um, So I think it's really all about mindset and to not allow barriers or what the norm used to be hold you back and think that you're not capable of doing something, that you can do whatever you want to do, even if it feels like all of the odds are stacked against you. And sometimes if you look and say, no one's done it that way, that's a good thing. Because if you can be the first one to do it that way, that's fantastic. That is so true. That's very true. It's all about shaking things up. And I feel like women have done that for centuries. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, we're built that way. We have to, we have to be the ones to say, okay, you guys have done it like this for so long. Um, Let's try something new. And we, we totally are rule breakers in that sense of wanting to do something different and new. And I think the digital world uh, creates that and, and helps with that and makes that really a possibility and really a positive. And so, you know, we, we live in a world where you pick up your phone and start an Instagram series or start a a podcast or a YouTube change, YouTube channel. And I think that's just, that's a cool era to live in. And I think it's a, it behooves young creators to try to take advantage of that in any way they can. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to wait for anybody else anymore to create those opportunities. You can create them yourself, which is such a beautiful thing. And then once you create it yourself, the people that you initially maybe wanted to work for, you know, they're starting to look at what you're doing and they're like, wait a minute, we need her, (laughs) which is so awesome. That's very true. And we see that more and more. We see people create shows that become segments on network television, like digital shows that become segments or people start a digital show and they become hosts on television. And so it's important to, to keep that in mind and thinking about that. How have you kind of seen opportunities grow and change for women in the sports industry? And and where do you think we could still improve? Yeah, I I've seen so much growth. I I feel like over the, like even most, most recently women, exactly what we were saying have created their own lanes. Um, sometimes, you're not going to get that shot and maybe somebody else is going to get it instead. So women are like, okay, if this, you know, network isn't going to hire me, I'm going to pick up the camera. I'm going to create my own segment. I'm going to put that on YouTube or I'm going to reach out to this sponsor and create my own show. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing these networks duplicate or try to recreate what these women are doing, which is so interesting. And then I think people are starting to realize the value that women bring to this industry. And -hmm. you're seeing a lot more women be hired, which I think is so incredible to see. And um, I think there's obviously still a lot more room for growth, but it's been so nice to see those opportunities being given to women. What is your favorite sport? My favorite sport. Um, So, you know, 
when I was younger, my favorite sport was definitely basketball. Like I was at all the basketball games. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. So I was at all the Spurs games. Um, but as I've grown up, I I'm in love with football now. Like football is something that I really enjoy watching and going to see. And, um, my favorite team is the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I don't know if you've been to AT&T yet, but for me, I often judge stadiums by the press box because I spend a fair amount mm-hmm. of time in there during a game. So do they have good food? Is it easy to get to the locker rooms and the post-game interviews to the field? All of those things. But I will tell you that AT&T Stadium is among my favorites because the food is good and they have a cappuccino machine, which I highly, highly appreciate. Though I will say Seattle is my favorite because they have a Starbucks in there with a barista and that's just next level. I think that's wild that they put a, a Starbucks in the press box, which which shows me they really want you guys to succeed at your job. You know, they really <laughs> did that with you guys in mind. That is so nice. It's amazing. And the Brisa, she's amazing. And she's been there a while. And it, it's really so fun. But if you have not been to AT&T, I think you have to put it on your list of stadium eats. That has been on my list. My team knows that I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, so we're trying to make that happen. Unfortunately, we I, I almost covered um, the Eagles stadium, and they were playing okay. against the Cowboys, but COVID went down. I was like, no, but it's definitely on the list. Uh, but it's so funny that you brought up press boxes because on one of my stadium tours, which I believe was at Arrowhead Stadium, I went into the press box, and it was so crazy the, the like how the experience was leaving one of the loudest stadiums and being around the fans and the screaming and the banging and then to enter the press box where you can hear a pin drop. You just I was so, so taken back. I'm like, where am I? So you just felt you're like to enter. You just got so much more quiet. I love it. You you got press box <laughs> etiquette down. You nailed that. Yeah, you had to start whispering because you're like, oh my goodness. And as I mentioned, I'm loud, I'm obnoxious. So walking into that press box, I was like, oh my goodness, I don't want to get kicked out of here. What's going on? It is it is different. And it's funny because if, if you've never been in a press box, then there's no reason to know that's what it's like. But we're not allowed to cheer. We are unbiased observers and we're working. So you, you do have to be quiet. And every so often you have someone in there that doesn't know that rule or that's new or that maybe is a former player that is now moving into the media world. And it's always funny to see them try and adjust to it because it is different, especially if you've been used to going to games your whole life and obviously cheering yeah. and being part of everything. I will say sometimes, sometimes there's like a very cool play. It's not so much cheering, but if we see something that's like, wow, like you're just not going to see a pass like that, or you're not going to see a play defended like that every day, they'll be like, oh my God, kind of thing. But for the most part, very quiet in the press box. There's no cheering in the press box. And that's announced at the beginning before a game starts. As a reminder, this is a working press box. There is no cheering in the press box. And so it is really funny. That's torture is what that is. That's definitely, <laughs> I don't know how you guys maintain your composure, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's an adjustment, but it it's cool. But yeah, it's definitely very much an adjustment. Uh, so where do you see stadium eats? Let's say one year down the road, what are kind of the goals that you have for it this far? Yeah. So it's still a very new series, but, um, the last stadium that I went to recently, I had fans that have been going to the stadiums for all their lives come up to me and be like, wow, I never knew that the stadium had this to offer. We love your series. Thank you so much for highlighting our, you know, our hometown and that kind of stuff. So my hope is that it elevates the fan experience when they go to the stadium and that they discover things that they never even knew. Even people that have been going to their, these stadiums, their whole entire life, I want them to watch the series and 
uh, discover something completely new that they never knew about. Okay. So, um, and I hope to dive in more and highlight the people behind the scenes. You would be blown away, um, about what it takes to feed not only the fans, but the players on a game day. Mm -hmm. It's, it's crazy the amount of work that goes into it to curate these menus and, you know, kind of navigate the teams and make sure everybody's in the right place at the right time. And some of my favorite moments have been talking to the executive chefs that come up with these incredible menu items that gets the fans excited. And it's really cool to, you know, showcase the light on them. And I think also I, um, it would be really nice to have a hybrid moment where, you know, the food will always be the focus and mm-hmm. highlighting the things that the stadium has to offer, but merging that with maybe some of the players and um, getting them involved and maybe learning a little bit about the players that you wouldn't get to know outside of the sports side. Well, that we'll talk more about that in a little bit. When we get to five fun facts. That's actually how five fun facts was born was I wanted the players to have an opportunity to talk about themselves in a way that was separate of football. So it started with the four ers players where we do videos and they talk and our, my listeners, I think know this by now, but they talk about themselves and five things you wouldn't necessarily know. And we're going to do that with you, but we're also going to add in a surprise five fun facts. So get excited. But before we get there, we have to do day in the life. Uh, Day in the Life is really one of my favorite parts of this podcast. It's just so fun to hear how people spend their days, how they differ. And I always like our listeners to understand that, of course, the finished product that we see on social media or on TV looks very glamorous and fun. And there are parts of it that are, but it's also a lot of work. And I like our guests to always share kind of what their days look like. So if you could take us through a day in the life of Jackie Powell, that would be amazing. Yeah, I think if I want to be motivated that day and get stuff done, um, it's definitely waking up early and starting off with working out. I feel like that completely shifts my day. It it helps me stay motivated. It helps me get excited. It helps me wake up. So I try my best to start off at the gym and um, just get a workout in. Because if I make the decision to wake up early enough to go to the gym, I'm going to make good decisions for the rest of the day. Totally <laughs> if I sleep in and I pick up the, you know, the remote control and start watching television, that's how the day will cl- quickly turn into. It's just, that's what it's going to be for the rest of the day. So um, after I leave the gym, I come home and I kind of create vision boards for the day or for the week or for the year. And I feel like doing that, I, I've seen all of those things come to life. And it's really helped me in my career just be more successful, um, nail down those goals that I set for myself. So for a day, for example, if it's like, oh, I want to, you know, work with this restaurant or I want to pitch the show to my company, I'll sit down and I'll write all that out. I'll put a pitch deck together. I'll come up with content ideas that I want to film at a certain restaurant. I'll write all that down and then I'll set goals. Okay. And I see when I do that daily, I see those things coming to life, if that makes sense. So I feel like that's something that I really value in my day-to-day is doing mini vision boards for the day. And um, yeah, that's pretty... That That's like, you know, a common day of 
setting goals and getting things done. And then maybe I'll actually have a shoot day where I'll go into the restaurants or I'll work for delicious stadium meets and we shoot stuff and film that and then go home and go to bed at a decent hour because I'm in my thirties now. And, um, I, you know, if I'm not in bed by like nine 30, 10, it, it's just, I, I don't stay up late anymore. So try to get in bed by at least 10 o'clock. Cause I can't stay up like I used to. What is a shoot day like for stadium meets? How long is a shoot usually? Yeah. So stadium meets are very long days. And what people don't know, it's from, from the series. So just to give you a snapshot of what the series is, stadium eats is a show where I go into a stadium and showcase the best food that the stadium has to offer. And then I also show all the behind the scenes of, you know, the executive suites and, um, what the stadium, the fan experience, what the stadium offers for the fans outside of just actually watching the games. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I go, we actually shoot two days back to back. The first day is, um, going to each and every food stand and filming the process of the food being made. And I'm not trying any food at this point. So I'm just standing around helping getting the shots done. We then interview the executive chefs or um, maybe the owners of the stadiums or owners of the teams. And we get all the interviews knocked out. And then the second day shoot is me trying a lot of food. And when I say a lot of food, we're talking from anywhere from like 10 to 18 items in one wow. day. And what's crazy is I know that I'm going to be trying 18 food items. So I should really only be taking one bite of each item, but the food tends to be so delicious that I taking two to three bites of each thing. So by the end of the day, I am done. <laughs> and I am Full to the brim. Um, But yeah, so it's a two-day shoot and they're both eight hours. They're long shoot days, but they're so much fun. And what I love the most is that it's very interactive. So when we're shooting, I'm walking around the stadium and interacting with the fans. So you just really never know how the shoot is going to go or Mm -hmm. who I'm going to talk to or who I'm going to meet. So you feel like you're immersed in the experience. It's not me just going and eating the food. It's me actually walking around the stadium, hanging out with the fans, hanging out with the chefs and showing you all the cool little um, nuggets that the stadium has to offer. That's awesome. That does sound really fun. It sounds it sounds exhausting. It sounds like a ton of work, but it feels like the end result is is definitely worth it. Yeah, it's definitely rewarding. So before I let you go, which is going to be hard because I've had such a fun time talking to you and learning all about this, again, talking about two of my more favorite things, we're going to do two sets of five fun facts. So we're going to do the traditional five fun facts we do on this episode where we ask our guests the same five questions every week. And then I'm going to have you do your top five food items you've loved most from Stadium Eats. So we'll start with the traditional one. And the tradition is, what is your favorite moment? We'll start with, what is your favorite moment in sports? Favorite moment in sports. So I would have to actually say I have a favorite era in sports. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, I'm from San Antonio, Texas. So around 2005 was the big three era. So Mm -hmm. for those that don't know, um, the San Antonio Spurs, it was Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan, like the big three players back then. And it was so cool to see those three play together and all the success that they had in the NBA. And I think nowadays, you know, we kind of glorify one player on a team and we follow all of their stats and what they do. Um, But it's, it's less about like the team and sometimes only about that player. 
And what I loved the most about that time was it, it really highlighted teamwork, you know, and the three of them weren't focused on their own stats. They were just focused on helping each other and helping their team. And I just thought it was really cool to see that era and all the cool things that they've done. So uh, that was, I think we need to get back to that. I like it. I like it. What is your life motto? Um, my life model is um, leap and the net will appear. I feel like I have taken that phrase or that motto with me throughout my entire career, um, which essentially just means take that chance. You'll be okay. I think so often everybody, whether you're in this industry or in a different industry, it's so hard to sometimes take chances. We like security. We like to know that everything's going to be okay. Even in discomfort, we're like, ah, but I'm comfortable here. And even though I know I have the passion to do this, I'm safe over here. Mm -hmm. I never want to be safe. So I I leap because I know the net will be there to catch me. I might fall a little bit for like two seconds, but the the net will be down there somewhere. So I feel like that's really helped me. And I I wish more people would live like that. Just take those chances. You're going to be fine. You'll be okay. That's awesome. What is your go-to workout? Ah, my go-to workout. I love working out so much. I love all different kinds of workouts. Um, I love class pass because you could try so many different ones. But what I really love the most is like plyometrics kind of workouts, okay. full body boot camp type of stuff, things that are gonna get your whole body working and sweating is so much fun for me. Go-to coffee order? Go-to coffee order. Ooh, ah, I'm like I'm like you. I love Starbucks and I go all the time. Um, the, the one that I recently have been getting is their espresso, brown sugar, espresso shaken drink, whatever that oh, is. Yes. I'm sure I see that. I haven't had it, but it looks so good. Oh, it's so good. I'm sure whoever's listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's delicious. Okay. I have to try that. And then a book, every woman should read uh, a book. Every woman should read. I think just staying on the theme of everything that I've been talking about today, um, atomic habits, has I, I know this isn't really woman focused, but I feel like sometimes um, we can really hold ourselves back and be fearful of ourselves and what we can actually do in our lives because we're capable of so much that um, we 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 hold ourselves back. So I think Atomic Habits has really helped me create better habits to go after my goals and realize that I can achieve everything and that that my biggest obstacle is myself. And if we could just get out of our way, we can do so many beautiful, amazing things. I love that sentiment. Okay. One quick thing before you go, your top five food items thus far from Stadium Eats. Ooh, that is so hard. Um, I'm a Texas girl, so I love, um, you know, steak, barbecue, all that kind of stuff. Um, definitely the, um, uh, there's this home run sandwich that I had at the Minute Maid Park. Okay. So delicious. It has like every piece of barbecue meat that you could think about. You know, it's huge, but it's delicious. That was really good. Um, I also really loved, um, what else? Oh, there's this La Pina dog, um, that it pays homage to the player La Pina. Okay. Um, and it's, it's a hot dog that has pineapples and teriyaki sauce on it, which I know sounds crazy and doesn't sound delicious, but it's actually really good. And you know, hot dogs are staples at any baseball games. So it's, it's cool to see a different variation and try something different. Um, also at Coors Field, there was this Elvis shake that mm-hmm. is to die for. 
um, this big piece of bacon, uh, peanut butter drizzle, and this banana shake that was so, so, so good. Um, what else? City Field has so many great, um, so many great options, but I think what I really love is that they have a Shake Shack there, which I'm sure you could yeah. eat Shake Shack anywhere. But they something have about having your stadium too. It's a nice addition. It really is. You know, it's it's just something about having a Shake Shack burger while you're watching a baseball game that is just incredible. Um just wow, one really more. that was four. So you yeah. just need one more. One more, one more. Ah, 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 give me a second. Well, you know what? I have to say, just because it's just so crazy and it enhances your experience. The Rocky Mountain Oysters. Was it my favorite thing I ever tried? No, but to be able to say that you tried that and you actually ate it, I mean, I should get an award or something. I I a thousand percent agree with that. You absolutely, <laughs> Jackie. This was so much fun. Thank you for joining me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been please, so much fun. Please let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Uh, yes, you can find me at Jackie Grubbs on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, all of the things. And then if you want to check out Stadium Eats, you can find that on um, delish.com, their website, or on their YouTube channel, Delish. Awesome. And if you guys like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to give us a five-star rating, leave a glowing review. You can follow me on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. You can follow Fangirl Sports Network on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.